the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Today we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And as we go through this verse, you'll see at the beginning of the verse it says, In conclusion, and this is Paul's summation of the book of Ephesians. And remember the truth that Paul is trying to impact these people, the Ephesian people with, is who they are in Christ. What is the truth of their life? What is the truth of their being? What is their reality? What is their reality? You know, we can choose what we believe their reality to be. We can say reality is what I'm going through in this world. Reality is what I see and what I can touch and what I can feel. But in reality, the ultimate reality is God. Because he's the source of all things. So in order for me to be in touch with reality, I have to factor in, I have to believe that God is at the center of it. And what he wants for the Ephesian people, and he spent time teaching them, and he spent a good deal of time in Ephesus, bringing them along in truth. These were new Christians that he discipled, and they were in a, in a city that was just absolutely corrupt off the charts. They were confronted with every kind of challenge of faith and every temptation that you could imagine. A people who had not heretofore resisted any temptation, but had given themselves freely to it. And then the message of Christ, the gospel, the truth, that they could have a life that wasn't dependent upon circumstance, a life that was was full and free, a life that brought salvation to them. They embraced this, but they were still in Ephesus. And they were still looking at a world that was corrupt, that beckoned and hearkened to them. They were looking at customs and lifestyle. You know, we, we were raised in a Christian Judeo ethic, so there are customs that comply with what we believe, customs that go alongside of what we believe. And it's not, it's not hard for us yet to maintain that, to hold on to that in spite of what the world does. Because we're affirmed in it in a lot of ways. But in this situation, the people of Ephesus were not affirmed in any way. There weren't any Christian schools to go to. There wasn't a Bible bookstore or a Baptist bookstore or any kind of bookstore where they could go and readily pick up scriptures. They didn't have that. All they had was the testimony of Christ's life within them and the teachings of Paul and his letters. 
And what Paul knew was that he was coming to the end of his missionary work. He was coming to the end of his work on the earth. He knew he was coming to the end of it. He was in prison when he wrote this. And he knew what battle the people of Ephesus were going through. And he says, I want to encourage them in the truth, the reality of who they are. I'm going to remind them of how firmly they are fixed and whose life they carry and who is their life. And he does this in chapters 1 through 3, and we've gone through those, but I'm going to paraphrase some of these truths for you out of those chapters. In chapters 1 through 3, he says, We, as children of God, are holy and blameless before God, predestined as sons through Jesus Christ. We are redeemed through His blood and forgiven according to the riches of His grace. We are sealed and kept by the very life of God through His Spirit. We are predestined to be the very expression of praise to His glory. We have been made alive in Christ, raised with Him, seated with Him in heavenly places. We are His workmanship, created in Christ for the work of God. We are in Christ and have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He is our bond of peace, guaranteeing our peace with His life. Through Him we have access to the fatherhood of God. He is our cornerstone and He has joined us with Himself to be a holy temple, a dwelling place for God. Christ dwells in the hearts of believers, so therefore we are rooted and grounded, inextricably fixed in Him. Through His love we are growing in the comprehension of what is. The reality of what is. Ephesians 3.18 says that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves. That's living. The love of Christ which surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That's just learning. That you may be filled through all your being unto all fullness of God. May have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body, that is this flesh, wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. Could He make your union, could He make your intimacy with Him any more clear? In chapters 4 through 6, he describes the walk that suits the Spirit-filled believer, the good works that have been prepared for us that only Christ can do through us. We learn that only Christ can be a husband. We learn that only Christ can be a wife. That only Christ can be a father or a mother. That only Christ can be, in truth, the children, the child of a godly family. That Christ is the true expression of Christianity. Okay, now we're going to look at this verse. Paul commands us to be strong in the Lord, to be empowered through our union with Him. And this is where we need to take this verse out of the religious box that many of you have heard it preached in or taught in or you believed it to be in. The religious box does this for us. It takes all of the things that Christ says He wants us to live in and says, these are things you must possess, you must get, that God must give you. 
that you must accumulate, that you must draw upon apart from yourself. And what it does, it separates God's provision from you and your life. Now here's it. Here's what I mean by that. If you're hungry, I can give you a piece of bread. Jesus uses this illustration with water. If you're thirsty, I can give you a drink. But you will thirst again. And Jesus says, I am come and I will put in you a wellspring of living water that will bubble and flow continuously through you. Now the provision has literally become life to you. Does that make sense to you? That Jesus didn't give you a canteen. He gave you a spring of living water that flows through you continuously. And when He says apply these things, you're not waiting for a special dispensation for them to happen. You are reckoning upon the truth that is within you already. Big difference. I need to know that when I stand, when I am being strong in the Lord, I'm not waiting for God to come by with strength. I'm not having to get my life together so He will visit strength upon me. I'm not having to pray strength into the room. I'm not asking you to gather around me, put your hands on me, and pray that I'll have strength. The truth outside the religious box is this. He is your strength, just as He is your life. And all that encompasses all that Jesus is, is your life. So I no longer have to pray to be holy. I no longer have to pray to be confident in Him. I no longer have to pray to have strength. I no longer have to pray to be delivered. I stand and reckon upon the strength, the deliverance, the provision of Christ's life within me. That's taking it out of the religious box. That's making it life to you. Paul says, be strong, be empowered through your union with Him. Whose strength is it? Well, it's God's strength. God didn't add anything to us. He wants to expose us to the truth of who we are. So He brings us into situations where there is a need that is far greater than our humanity can meet. Because He does not desire us to live out of our humanity. He wants us to live out of our union with Him and let the problems and the circumstances and the trials of this world be met with His divinity. Not with our weakness, but with His strength. He says, be strong in the Lord. It's like a blood transfusion. It's Joe's blood, but it's my blood. But it's Joe's blood, but it's my blood. It is His life within me. It is His strength that animates this body and holds me together. I now stand in His strength. Philippians 4.13 says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. In whose sufficiency? Christ's sufficiency. We're to walk in the truth that He is our strength, not just when we think we're threatened, but we are to confidently rest in the fact that He is our strength now. Moment by moment, He is our strength. He isn't just our strength when we lose a loved one. He isn't just our strength when the kids rebel. He isn't just our strength when times get tough. He is our strength moment by moment, day by day. Every breath you take, you take in the strength of the Lord. That is the truth of 
your spiritual condition. You are held together by Him and He is your strength. Now, live in it. Stand in it. Paul says, stand in it. That means affirm the truth within you. Grasp it. Hold it. We are to walk confidently in this truth. Confidently in the fact that He is our strength. You see, this is not just about spiritual warfare. Now, I know we're about to go into the armor of the Lord. And and I know y'all have heard, most of you have heard, every conceivable rendition from the logical to the ridiculous on that particular passage. But we're not going to focus upon the enemy. We're going to say some things about the enemy, but we're going to say it from the standpoint of your position in Christ and the fact that He's defeated. It says here, to stand in the strength of the Lord, not about spiritual warfare, but it says all things. In Philippians, he says, I have the strength for all things. And you know what all things means? You know what he's saying in that verse? I need to be empowered just to live. Just to have life. I need to be empowered to brush my teeth. I need to be empowered to get out of bed. Do you think there's anything that you do, Christian, in your life that you are the one making it happen? That you're the one that holds it together. That you're the one that is the strength. That you're the one that is the source. That you're the one that is the power. Let me tell you something. God holds you together. Right now, He is holding back the dam of spiritual forces that are all around us. Do you think that the enemy only attacks you at certain times? Just when you're about to do your Bible study, the enemy shows up? Let me tell you something. Satan is not that impulsive. And the enemy comprised of principalities and powers that embrace this world like a huge net is constantly on the attack. He doesn't just want you at prayer time. He wants you. Do you know that? That you are being attacked even as you walk about, as you live life, as you are in your home, as you are in your job. That the assault is continuous and it's not just the big Satan. It's the world. It's the flesh. You are constantly being attacked. But you only recognize a small percentage of that. What is that? That's grace. Because God knows we'd be walking around playing the martyr if we had any more than what we have. We still do. We have, we have one spiritual attack and you would think, boy, we're, we ought to be in the voice of the martyrs. We ought to be in Fox's book or something. The truth of the matter is that we're being attacked moment by moment and it is the grace of God that keeps those things at bay. Let me tell you something. When you enter into rebellion, when you walk away from God and you think that you're all that and you're going to go out there and make it on your own, let me tell you something. There is a power that is greater than you that is holding you together that is keeping the full brunt of the wickedness and the and the evil of this world from literally crushing you into a big pile of goo. And if you don't believe me, look at the look at Revelation and see what happens to this earth when the Spirit of God is lifted off of it. The attack of the evil one is constant. It is always upon us. We only see a portion of it. Now, why does God reveal that portion to us? Why does God allow us to see the enemy's attack? Just to depress us? To make us feel weak? No. So that you will stand and be strong in the Lord. You know that God's not worried about the enemy? He's not as worried about him as we are. And we shouldn't be. 
we shouldn't be. This is not about spiritual warfare. This is about life. We're in union with Christ who empowers us for life in all things. We have been empowered for life by His life. We've been empowered for living, not for circumstances. And you know what? That just kind of takes the whole air out of some of the religious ideals that we have that we need to pray a special dispensation in for special circumstances. Let me tell you something. We need to pray as a group, together, together, to put our focus on the truth, not on the circumstance. To recognize that we are children of the Almighty God, that we are children of the King, that we are not floating about on a big, massive sea of turmoil. But we are held tightly, closely by Him. The church should gather to pray, to recognize God's supremacy, His preeminence, His power, His life in the midst of whatever it's going through. That's when we should gather. We recognize our weakness. That is, we recognize that apart from Him, we can do nothing. We're in union for Christ, and He has empowered us for all things. Now, God reveals the enemy's attack for us to get us into truth. But we, we have understood that the more intent our focus has become on Him the more we yield our hearts to making Jesus our focus, to making Him our life, to surrendering all to Him and yielding all to Him as our life, we become more aware of the supernatural life within us and the supernatural life that is around us. The longer we focus upon Christ and walk with a commitment of heart towards Him, the more aware we're going to be of the contrast. The contrast between darkness and light. But God doesn't allow us to see that so that we will be defeated. The revelation is slow and it is in growth. It is ever growing because to the degree that we grow in our assurance of the power and the might and the majesty of the God who is ours, the more He can give us of the reality of the powers that are out there against us. The more that He can expose us to the truth of what's working against us. And even now, we're growing in the truth of His life. And He's allowing us to fall over ourselves. He's allowing us to embrace ourselves or this world as our source so that we can find out just how weak and how empty and how vulnerable and how frail we are apart from Him. How many of you mothers have allowed your kid to wander off in a direction and you knew that he thought or she thought he was lost? And you give them a moment to scream, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. And then, just when they're in a total panic, you say, I'm over here. Why? Because he needed to know that he shouldn't wander off. He's not being kept by his strength. He's not being kept by his ability to navigate around the supermarket. He's not being kept by his adventuresome spirit. He's being kept by the strength, the love, and the nurture of his parent. So, you let them feel a little lost every now and again. Let them feel like they're in control so that they can grow in the truth of who is their strength. Do you know you wouldn't know all that you had in Jesus if it weren't for the enemy? I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what I had in Jesus if it weren't for the enemy. I wouldn't know that he could love me if I hadn't been disappointed in love by this world, rejected, put away, 
I wouldn't know that he could be my provision if I hadn't lost every source around me that I thought was my provision. I wouldn't know that he was my protection and my peace if I had not lost my peace in fear of something around me. I know my Jesus to the degree that I do. I owe a lot to that enemy out there. Because God allowed in my life what he could prevent in order that I could know him. In order that I could grow in him. Paul tells us in the first chapter that we have no reason to fear the enemy because God has put everything, including every enemy of God, under the feet of Christ. That is your very life. Christ, the one you're in union with, holds it all under his feet. Ephesians 1, 20 and 22 says, Which he exerted, he's talking about the power of God that he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and in the world to come. What do you think, who do you think the power is? What or who do you believe has control of your life? What or who do you fear? Where is the strength coming from? He just says in the Word of God that God has placed it all under the foot of Jesus. Every bit of it. You can list everything that you can think of that threatens your life, your well-being, your, your health, whatever it is. You can list it all out and put every bit of it on the floor and stand on it and know that Jesus is standing on top of all of that. Way on top of all of that. fact is, He's allowed it. It wouldn't exist unless He allowed it. He has put all things under His feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church. Do you realize, child of God, that if you're alive, you live in victory? The enemy may deceive you into living in defeat, but the truth is that Christ is your life, and the enemy can deceive you, but he can't have you. He can only enslave you by your own permission. You belong to Christ. 1 John 4 4 says, Little children, you are of God. You belong to Him and have already, and have already defeated and overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because He who lives in you is greater, mightier than He who is in the world. You see, this verse clearly states that you belong to God and you have already overcome, that Satan is already defeated by the life that is within you. You don't need to call God in to defeat Satan one more time. That's spiritual warfare for spiritual warfare's sake. Let me tell you something, child of God. You need to recognize who you are and the enemy is already defeated. He is already defeated. We used to have a miniature dachshund. And boy, he'd get out in the yard. And as long as you were with him, he thought he was all that. He was the stuff. And, you know, he'd come out there and a dog come up in the yard. Boy, just you know, the hair would stand up on the back of his neck. And the dog could swallow him in one bite. But, boy, he's just carrying on. And, of course, all the time kind of keeping you in the peripheral there, making sure you're around. Because he knew he was running a bluff. He knew he didn't have any strength. He knew he couldn't defeat that dog over there. He knew that that dog could eat him. 
So he was going to stand his ground as long as somebody stood behind him. But listen, you're like that dog. You thought I was going to tell you the enemy was. No, you're like that dog. The enemy can come up to you, but he can't have you. So all of this idea that you're defeating him is the same deception that dog had. You're not defeating him. He's already defeated. You stand in the strength of your master, who is your life. He is gone. The enemy doesn't have any hope of recovering you. You belong to Christ. Listen, defeat is only possible through deception. Deception is only possible when you believe a lie about yourself or about your God. He's established us in His life and left the enemy without any valid accusation because we stand in Him and not in our behavior. 1 Corinthians 1.8 says, And He will establish you to the end, keep you steadfast, give you strength, and guarantee your vindication. He will be your warrant against all accusation or indictment so that you will be guiltless and irreproachable in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Listen, we have an answer to every issue. We have an answer to every problem. We have an answer to every failure. We have an answer to every inadequacy. We have an answer to every weakness. And the answer is Jesus. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.